this is Dina Weiss for Hadar on Parashat Ba'edchanan. Think before you pray. Parashat Ba'edchanan begins with Moshe's heart-wrenching plea. Ba'edchanan el Adonai ba'etahi lemor. Adonai Hashem, ata hachilota leharot et avdecha et godlecha v'et yadcha chazaka asher mi el bashamayim uva'aretz, asher yaseh ma'asecha v'chigvurasecha. Ebrana ver'et ha'aret ha'tova asher be'ever ha'yardin, ha'har ha'tov ha'zeh v'halavanon. I pleaded to God at that time, saying, My master, God, you have begun to show your servant your greatness and your strong arm, that no power in heaven or on earth could do like your actions and your strength. Please, I will pass and I will see the good land that is on the other side of the Jordan, this good land and Lebanon. According to a straightforward reading of the Psukim, despite these pleas, Moshe's request is denied. He asked to be able to enter and truly encounter the land of Israel, and God did not allow him to do so. God was angry at me on your behalf, and he didn't accede to me. God said to me, You have more than enough. Do not speak further to me about this matter. However, according to the Gedusha Levi, there was a different request being made in these verses by Moshe, and this request was not denied. I pleaded to God at that time saying. The word saying is unnecessary. And it appears that the interpretation is that he was pleading first that he would be able to pray subsequently. Saying this was the explanation of what he needed to say. That is, before this, he was not able to say because he was ashamed before God, may God's name be blessed, and needed to pray that he would be able to pray. According to the Gedusha Levi, what we read about in the Torah as the content of Moshe's prayer is in fact the answer to Moshe's prayer. Moshe did not only plead with God to let him into the Holy Land, Moshe asked God to enable him to ask for what he desired. Moshe needed help to be able to express himself fully and to the best of his ability. And this request was granted. Moshe was not permitted to enter the land, but Moshe's request to express himself fully and clearly regarding this deep need, his prayer for prayer, was granted. Moshe's predicament was not his alone. We all have difficulty expressing ourselves, and we all sometimes need a prayer for prayer as the Kedushat Levi continues his comments on this verse. Begemara brachot maskinan de'adonai sefatai tiftach lo hevei hefseik bein geula litfila afilu b'shachri. Vechevan detakinu le'rabanan kitfila arichta damya. Venimtza yesh lanu shnei b'chino batfila. Rishon, hatfila atma. Vahasheni, hatfila shehihiyya yachol lihitpalel. Umosha Rabbeinu alav hashalom hutzrach lihitpalel 
שיוכל לבקש מן השם יתברך תפילתו, להיכנס לארץ ישראל, ושאל ממנו מענה לשון. The Gemara in Brachot concludes that the verse of God open my lips and my mouth will tell of your praises, Adonai sevatai tiftach ufi yagid tihilatacha, which has come to introduce the Amidah prayer, is not considered to be an interruption between the concluding blessing of the Shema, which is about redemption, and the Amidah prayer. Since the rabbis established it, it is considered like a long prayer, that is, an extended part of the Amidah. It turns out that there are two elements of prayer. One, the prayer itself, and two, the prayer that a person be able to pray. And Moshe Rabbeinu, peace be upon him, needed to pray that he would be able to request his prayer from blessed God to enter the land of Israel. And he asked God for eloquence. The prayer for prayer at the beginning of this week's parsha is enshrined in the request we ourselves make of God before we daven, that God open our lips. Only once we are able to open our mouths can we then tell of God's praises, ask for what we need, thank God for being God, for listening to us and enabling us to encounter him. Moshe's request for eloquence, ma'anel lashon, is echoed in the Ochila La'el prayer recited by the Shniach Tzibor, the congregation's leader during Musaf on the High Holidays. This short prayer is an expansion on the verse from Tehillim that traditionally precedes the Amidah. Ochila La'el, achalef anav, eshala mimenu ma'ane lashon, asher bikal'am ashir uzo, abia renanot b'ad mif'alav, la'adam marchelev, I shall await God and plead before him. I will ask him for eloquence. So that among the gathering of people, I will sing of his strength. I will express praises on behalf of his works. A person arranges their own thoughts, but eloquence comes from God. God, open my lips, and my mouth will tell of your praises. May the speaking of my mouth and the thoughts of my mind be pleasing to you, God, my rock and my redeemer. In this prayer, the Shaliyah Tzibor underscores that they need to pray in order to pray. As the verse from Mishle states, theoretically, we do know what we want to say. We can know our thoughts, but the ability to express them feels beyond us. We need God's help to articulate them. Of course, praying for prayer then raises its own question. Why does this work? Why do we feel able to pray in order to pray, but not to pray for anything else that we need or to praise God without an introduction? Why does this not set off an infinite regression of praying to pray in order to pray? Perhaps the answer can be found in the way that the Talmud characterizes the extra verse appended to the beginning of tefillah. God, open my lips and my mouth will tell of your praises. It calls it a tefillah arichta, an extended prayer. The prayer for help in articulating one's thoughts is not in fact itself a prayer, it is an extension, a stalling tactic. It gives us time to organize our thoughts. It gives us time to calm ourselves and to figure out what we are going to say. 
This is the tactic that Aaron, a gifted communicator, employed. Moshe, even before he has to make this plea to enter into the land of Israel, thinks of himself as being an inadequate communicator. When God first wants to appoint Moshe to leadership, Moshe demurs, saying, Lo ish dvarim anochi, I am not a man of words. This is in direct contrast to Aaron, known for his eloquence and his willingness to speak. Vayomer halo Aaron achicha halivi, yadati ki daber yadaberhu. God said, isn't your brother Aharon the Levi? Don't I know that he will surely speak? And Aharon's most powerful moment of speech came because he waited before he spoke. When Nadav and Avihu, Aharon's eldest sons, passed away in a tragic holy fire, Aharon's first response is silence. <laughs> A fire went out from before God and consumed Nadav and Avihu, and they died before God. Moshe said to Aaron, This is what God meant when he said, I will be sanctified by those who come close to me, and before the entire people I will be honored. And Aaron was silent. Although Aaron's silence here is well known and often lauded, he does not actually remain silent. He is merely waiting to speak. As we see later, when Moshe asks Aaron why there has been an interruption in the sacrificial procedure, Aaron is not silent, and he forcefully responds. Aaron spoke to Moshe. On this very day, they brought their sin offerings and burnt offerings before God, and things like these happened to me. Had I eaten the sin offering, would it have been good in God's eyes? Moshe heard, and it was good in his eyes. In this brief exchange, Aaron subtly but clearly rebuts Moshe's viewpoint. Earlier, Moshe tried to cast the passing of Aaron's children in a positive light by citing that it was a sanctification of God's name. To this, Aaron does not respond. When Moshe later demands that Aaron act as if nothing had happened and that he eat his portion of the sacrifices, Aaron makes clear to Moshe that this position is insensitive and one that Aaron deeply disagrees with. The language of vatikrena oti ka'ela, and things like these happen to me, is very clever and deliberate. The previous things mentioned in the verse were sacrifices. Yet contextually, we know that Aaron is clearly referring to the death of his own sons. He adopts Moshe's analogy of his own children to sacrifices as he rejects it, stating unequivocally that even if God was sanctified, that did not erase Aaron's own tragedy. Even if God was pleased, if it was good in God's eyes, Aaron had a right to mourn. Many have asked why, if Aaron and Moshe are having a halachic discussion, does it conclude with Moshe heard and it was good in his, that is Moshe's, eyes? Shouldn't the question be whether or not it was good in God's eyes? But we see that Moshe and Aaron were not having a purely legal conversation. They were having a personal, emotional conversation. Aaron was rebutting Moshe's earlier claim of its being good in God's eyes. And now it was important for Moshe not God, 
to understand this and to agree. Aaron effectively and gently conveys his point, and he is able to do so because he didn't respond immediately. He gave himself the time to articulate his thoughts and feelings calmly. And indeed, Aaron's reward for his patience was not only a more productive encounter with Moshe, but a more personal interaction with God. And from where do we know that Aharon received reward for his silence? That he merited to have the divine word speak exclusively to him. As it says, God spoke to Aharon. This tactic of making time to prepare for one's prayer was the hallmark practice of the early Hasidim, the pious ones. Chasidim harishonim hayu shohim sha'a achat umit palulim, kedei shechavnu et libam lamako. The early pious ones, the Chasidim, would wait one hour and then pray in order to direct their hearts to the omnipresent. These Chasidim were doing nothing to prepare but waiting, allowing themselves the time to meditate, to settle their minds and arrange their thoughts. This type of prayer for prayer is a most distilled form of the psalmist's statement of Lecha Dumiyatila. To you, silence, stopping, is praise. But if this prayer is not prayer at all, and this newfound eloquence comes not from God, but from our own ability to be silent, focused, and organized, then why credit God at all? Because when we take the time before we speak, we are relying on God's patience. And because we need to have enough faith in prayer and communication to make the extra time and investment worthwhile. We need to want to pray. We need to believe that we can. And that is God's role. A Midrash and Shemot Rabbah demonstrates God's commitment to be welcoming to prayer. He t'chil HaKadosh Baruch Hu litain Moshe shvilim sheyivakesh alayhem rachamim. Minayin, Amar Rabbi Yochanan lemala chatuv lech reid. V'yachar kach hu omer, v'yom Adonai Moshe ra'iti et ha'amaza. V'yain amira ela lashon rach. K'adam sheyesh belibo al chavero v'hu mevakesh litpayes lo v'hu omer lo emor li. Me'asiti lecha shekein asita. After the sin of the golden calf, God began to give Moshe paths through which he could request mercy on B'nai Israel's behalf. How do we know this? Rabbi Yochanan says, at first it says, go descend. And then it says, God said to Moshe, I have seen this people. And saying always signifies gentle speech, like a person who has a grievance in his heart against his friend, and he wants to be reconciled with him. So he says to him, tell me what I did to you, that you would do something like that to me. When Moshe heard gentle words from the Holy Blessed One, he began to ask for mercy on their behalf. As it says, Moshe began. Moshe begins his prayer only because God has made him feel that his prayer will be welcome. God shows Moshe that he's willing to listen to an explanation, that praying and conversation would be worthwhile. 
The language of Vayichal Moshe is reminiscent of the language of Ochila Lael, which perhaps is not only rightly translated as to wait, but also has the connotation of beginning. We only can begin to pray or begin to begin to pray because God makes us feel that there is a reason to pray to him, that he is waiting to hear from us. Our communication with one another is subject to the same limitations and the same possibilities. We know that clear communication is the key to creating and maintaining close relationships. And we often feel stymied by our inability to say exactly what we want to, or to put our complex thoughts or feelings into words. Moshe's plea to be allowed to pray emboldens us to try. It may be embarrassing, we may feel unworthy, we may feel frustrated, but the venture is worth praying for and waiting for. The most important component of this covenant of communication is the patience and receptivity that God displays. Whenever we pray to pray, the response from God is always yes. We need to employ the same willingness to be in conversation. We need to be patient with one another as we struggle to find the right words. We need to understand that no one of us expresses ourselves as well as we would like to. And we need to listen to one another with that understanding. We need to be willing to revisit a conversation, and we need to always position ourselves as receptive and ready to listen. This openness is necessary for easy conversations and even more so for the difficult conversations. We need to be willing to wait, and we need to be clear that we are waiting and ready to listen. Wishing you a Shabbat of patient prayer. Shabbat Shalom. Thank you for listening to our weekly Divrei Torah. To see more from our archive, please visit hadar.org slash Torah.